you for joining us at the Spiritual Frequency Podcast, a podcast about magic, metaphysics, and mysticism in the modern era. My name is Dana Jean Walter of the Sonic Priestess, Camp Athena, and the She Shed, and I'm here with my cohort in crime, Miss Tangie Cassidy of the Grown Ass Witch. Hello, Chica. Hiya. Yay. Consistency. It's so nice to have quarantine being over for the two of us so we can be together. Yeah, and we're going to hope that we don't have to endure that ever again. Yes. <laughs> the trick is, you know, as we are here at the end of June, it's, uh, the trick is masking. masking. Social distancing. Social things. distancing is hard. I'm tired of being distant. I know. <laughs> I miss a lot of hugs, that's for sure. I know. There are definitely some people out there in my life that the moment it is safe, the green light is green, there will be lots of hugs and lots of kisses. Uh, it just goes to show you how the physical contact of other human beings is an unnecessary health. It's vital. It's vital. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, girl? Well, um, I thought it would be like, well, what have you been doing this week? So we could kind of do some catching up. Sure. What have you been doing this week? Uh, well, I went away and I went on a little adventure to a historic mansion in Minnesota where I got to... Uh, be a guest to a lovely, lovely gentleman who fed me well every day. Yay. Uh, breakfast every morning was five courses that included a yogurt parfait, a home-baked bread of some sort, like zucchini blueberry. Mm. It was so good. And we got like an egg dish and a salad. And then every day we got a Sunday at breakfast. Sunday. <laughs> That's my kind of place. Oh, it was so lovely. And just the most beautiful house. Yeah, um, your pictures were great. You guys, it was it was astonishing. And I'm the kind of person now, I've decided, like, I don't stay at hotels. I stay at mansions. All right. And when nobody's around, I go around looking for the others. That's what I do. Oh, did you find any? Um, the man of the house, Mr. Alexander, was reputed to be in the closet of the bedroom that I was sleeping in. However, I took some photographs and some videos of a lovely chair that was sitting sort of in the corner of the room. And those were the only pictures that came out blurry. And the only videos that came out shadowy. So I'm pretty sure Mr. Alexander likes that chair. Oh, hey. Um, but otherwise, the house was super duper quiet. So <laughs> hmm. I wonder if they did any clearing of it at one point. They must have. I can't imagine that a place with that much history doesn't have some residual energy at least running around in it. But it was very clean and very quiet. Nice. So you had a lovely weekend away. It was beautiful. Um, stay safe. Stay small. So if you can, uh, you need to change the scenery to break up the quarantine, it's a good idea. Just check out your local like bread and breakfast or Airbnb it um, somewhere that you can look at something different, but not necessarily have to traffic with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And eat yummy parfaits yummy. on Sundays for breakfast. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were in a, a place, luckily, that he had two dining rooms. There was only one other couple there, and had we chosen to dine separately, that would have been possible. Um, but the table was so tremendously long, we just sat at opposite ends. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Downton Abbey. Very Downton Abbey. Nice. What have you been up to this week? I have been doing a lot of work with um, unfucking my financial life. And it's been very intense, but also incredibly rewarding to feel like a grown-ass adult well and liberated you don't have that hanging over you right yeah and it was you know we make these big huge mountains out of these smaller things and that's not to mean that they're not like not important because they are important but there's there's lots I'm, I'm sure if we all looked around in our housekeeping of our own self 
it was a, I had a whole bunch of lack of self-respect for myself being capable of being a grown-ass adult. Like, I can do lots of weird shit. Like, I can create... You want me to have things on a showboat in the middle of winter where we're, like, chanting about a bunch of women, chanting their faces off and sell out the place? I can do that. You manage the logistics down to the most minute detail. Right. You know, but it's Mm -hmm. just that... But it's usually when it comes to, like, stuff that I do that's in a business, like, box, I'm all in. Like, all my budgeting, everything done. It's my personal stuff. It's the stuff for me that's Dana Jean in order for me to live like an actual adult. I suck at that. Well, you know, the whole concept of income taxes is stupid and boring and really overly cumbersome. You know, I would. I literally had a night where my roommate Annie sat here with me and our friend Chuck, who is our cabana guy, um, watched me have a histronic, screaming at the top of my lungs, hysterical meltdown over self-employment tax law and how the whole thing is designed for you well taxes in general are designed to make you feel like an idiot so that you just basically capitulate and you know compromise and i knew like and once i like had the hysterical fit and allowed myself to just actually just cry and i literally had those kind of sobs that four minutes later your whole body's still shaking from the crying i needed to have that breakthrough and I prayed hard. I was working with my elevated ancestors. I was working with, you know, some other deities that's just saying, like, help me the fuck out. And they did. They totally came through for me. And I also did some uncrossing work about it, which was important. was important. But it's it was just, it was a lot. So after I had done all that, then I pretty much went into a coma <laughs> for two days. Because <laughs> it was like... It wrung me out, but then I'm I'm on the other side of it feeling very accomplished and very much like, okay, what's the next shit sandwich I need to eat? As one of my teachers <laughs> says, uh, you got to eat the frog. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just got to eat the frog. Yeah. But I like frogs though, so I would rather think of it as the shit sandwich than yeah. fish so, ice cream fish ice cream sandwich, sandwich that, we're, <laughs> that we did from the last podcast. But yeah. We're we so. almost done choking that down. So if yes. you have made it this far, Congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> so um, I'm also like doing a lot of education on the dismantling my own racism stuff and um, just trying to read and have conversations with friends that um, help me kind of beat some things out. And so, yeah, it's a lot of introspective, a lot of like, that's what Eclipse Time is, mm-hmm. is, you know, plus we're in this retrograde thing and Mercury just went retrograde last week. So it's one of those things where I know that in order for me to get where I want to go, I have to be diligent about working on this internal stuff that has just been dross weighting me down and um it's hard work it's heavy lifting well and i think we're in a place right now where a lot of things are bubbling up to the surface that have been pushed down for a long time and we maybe need to give people some time to process and be patient not everybody's going to get it as fast as you do or mm-hmm. as slow as you do. There might be people that are getting it faster than you do, looking at you like, come on, why haven't you figured this out yet? Give yourself time. Like Your soul needs time to understand, mm-hmm. and your body needs time to come into the awareness of the shift that's taking place around it so that you can move forward in a confident way instead of having to crawl through the dirt. Let's let's stride across the world. And sometimes, like, you know, you've got to lay in the dirt and mm-hmm. just, like, ground, you know? Um, so I'm also getting ready for phase two of the unpacking of my room, 
which is all of my like altar stuff and spiritual energy charge things and I'm going to be doing a big purge and that is always for me very difficult because I'm so attached to attachment mm. so I'm like oh there's this thing it was the blood thing and then it's all got this story attached to it and I've been I just recently recently went through some neuro linguistic programming stuff um, to help me get to this point and you know we're so attached to our stories because our stories help you know, us have an identity and, um, you know, like we've talked about in recent past, like there's a lot of identity stuff that people have had for a long time that this unrest, both it's the civil and the economic mm-hmm. in the world is challenging. Do you want to remain in this entity archetype, identity archetype, you yeah, know? I think the best thing that ever happened to me, it was like the worst thing that ever happened to me and the best thing that ever happened to me was when... I separated from my job working at local government level because so much of who my identity was was wrapped up in that job that I forgot who the hell I actually was. Um, So while losing that was incredibly painful, it was also incredibly liberated because what's happened now um, some years later is that I've rediscovered, oh yeah, that's right. I'm an artist and I'm a magical creature and oh my God, yeah, I love roller skating. Like all of these things that I had packed away because they were childish or they were distracting from the seriousness of the work that I was doing and the serious person I needed to be. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. It's what I did. Right. I mean, think about it. When we're talking about one out of every five people that you meet on the street or in your friend circle is currently unemployed or furloughed. That's a lot of people sitting down doing identity work because you don't have the busyness of your job. You don't have your job right now. Maybe you'll go back to your job. Maybe you have to find a new job. Maybe the place that you were had to close completely and isn't able to snap back in this situation with COVID. But that's a lot of people at once sitting down with their lives going, is this what I fucking want to do anymore? Yes, like we all got to have a midlife crisis at the same time. At the time. same time. <laughs> and, and yet we had no t- nothing to do but just sit with our stuff and be like, huh. Or be time with our family and go. I know a lot of people that I've heard, um, both on Instagram, people like celebrities and stuff that I follow, as well as friends, that are spending more time with their family than they've spent with their family in a decade and thinking, this is the reason I do all these things and I don't get to spend the time that I need to and I need to reprioritize. So that's happening at an individual level, but it's also affecting the collective consciousness at, in a great ripple effect that we haven't even begun to comprehend what that's going to look like. Plus, then you throw in the like, I have to dismantle if I choose to be a you know decent human being and participate in the collective. Like I need to like understand where I'm at with my privilege and where I'm at with my racism and, and become anti-racist or not. You know, where am I as a magical creature? Where am I with like what I feel like I, I, I am needing to be doing as mm-hmm. opposed to what I should be doing? That Those are huge psychological shifts. They're huge spiritual shifts. And I think that's also contributing to why we're all so tired. Despite the fact that we're resting when I put the quote quote <laughs> things around it, bunny ears, we're we're, ha- we're fatigued because we're having to look at such deep stuff because we have nothing else to look at. Well, yeah, and the processing is intense. Like, the yeah. processing power is crazy. To be in a s- situation where I can sit down and do nothing but, like, speak to my ancestors about how I came to be. Like, what had to happen for me to arrive at this planet at this time? 
and what gifts were given to me when I got here that were given to me freely and which ones were given to me at someone else's expense and am I comfortable holding on to those and what can I do with them if I'm not comfortable holding on to them how do I gift them to someone else so sorting through that is a lot and um, I haven't really come at it at a place where I felt any anger about it there's been some sorrow um, there's certainly been some shame and disappointment um, but I don't think that that's necessarily productive or beneficial to anybody. I don't think anybody is out there pointing the finger saying like, you should, you should feel guilty or you should be ashamed. I think what we're being asked for is you should be aware um, and, and know your history, know the things that, that have contributed to the world being the way that it is. So much of what has happened has been hidden. And I think there is an agenda there that if things are hidden, then you can't take accountability for it. So then there's no reason to change. Well, I think the big query that is being unspoken at the moment is if systemic racism in America and the world, but most we're fully focused on America because that's where we are. Yep. If what was so obvious to large groups of people was not uber obvious because of the way history was subversed or uh, sub- subdued and we were not being taught these things as white people and this was all kind of kept on the you know not even on the down low but just in the place where we didn't want to look at it because it made that it made our lives uncomfortable if something that big and obvious was missed by us as a whole for generations what else has been hidden right well it's not necessarily all bad maybe we don't know like yeah. but but it, again that erodes the entire trust in the whole system we've built well, my thing is like the identity of women and the power of women has been hidden. Oh, completely. But that's a whole nother episode. And we're aware that it's a whole nother episode. It is a, probably a series of episodes. <laughs> but it is definitely in the queue. It's coming. Yep. <laughs> we know that for a fact. It's been planned. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's true. Like it, it's so that's this is just huge, huge shit. So despite the fact that, you know, there's all this kind of stuff going on with our planet all the time and our weather patterns and you know everything and it's just it's all part of the same shift but it has been very heavy on my mind and meanwhile trying to make plans about what the future the the near future can look like for me personally both in personal and business and trying to unfuck my Mm -hmm. financial situation and and empower myself more and thus then I can empower other people uh, super hard to like forecast what the fuck is the future going to be about because we are in an election year. There's all kinds of stuff around that. Like we can't see anything to help. Look, what if I'm building this for what? And then it just never comes to pass. Well, like I, it's frustrating. I think right now is not a great time to be trying to do divination, but I think now is a great time to be listening to your gut, to your intuition. Yeah. Um, I don't think you necessarily need the tools right now because there's so many pieces moving. It's really difficult to calculate what's going to be coming. There are so many possibilities. Um, a lot of it's contingent upon what you do personally, about what people around you do, about what our society does. There's just so many parts that are interwoven right now that it's difficult to see where the paths may go. It is, except there are some situations like in terms of like this economic turn and the opportunities for business people that are out there for you to salvage your business or 
level up your business or however those brass rings are out there to be grabbed right now Mm -hmm. because there's only a finite amount of it available and you need to position yourself and that's the part that is frustrating because there are a lot of people trying to figure like okay this way of my life has ended but do i have the ability to leverage the situation to the best of my ability and it's about being being smarter and working not so hard about it but being smart about it well, and understanding that the business models that were present before all of this happened yeah, don't work anymore. are not necessarily going to work once this is over. If, for instance, if you own a restaurant and you're not interested in doing takeout or delivery, you're probably not going to make it in the new world because now we're accustomed to being able to pick up our food and now we're accustomed to having our food delivered to us. And we don't know when this is going to surge again and we might have to shut everything down again in 18 months. And we kind of like the convenience of having our food delivered to us now. Except for pancakes and you can't fucking deliver pancakes. There are some things that don't travel well. But that's the other thing. If If you're running a business, you need to be thinking about your menu. What does travel well? Right. What makes sense there? So it's being able to look at the way things are probably going to be for the foreseeable future and pivot. Yeah. And I mean, we use the word pivot a lot in sword work and because it's being used so much everywhere. And every time now the word trigger word has come of pivot, I get pissed. Um, (laughs) And it's not, I'm not going to be pissed forever, but it's just like kind of makes me like my whole body just kind of winces a bit because people are using that word and that's good because we do have to pivot. But like, you know, we're, we can kind of sort of open our studio right now, but with the three of us in it working on whatever, that means we can allow two other people right. in, which is is not sustainable in any sense for even us to launch anything back into the realm because two people does not a business make. <laughs> so we're trying to like level up at the she shed with the virtual piece and trying to right. like figure out, um, other ways and avenues that we can go forward in tandem with what happens when people cross our threshold or what happens online. Well, and to be in a place where you can build out a studio that's sort of easy to pack up and easy to pop up when you need it. Right. So that we can continue to bring you guys awesome content and maybe, just maybe show you our beautiful animated faces. That's right. In the future too. But the, the amount of infrastructural work that must occur in order for those things to happen is falling on only a very few shoulders and when we're also fighting our own personal demons and all this it's just it's a lot it's a lot and i feel like all of you business owners out there all of you self-employed people out there uh this sister feels your pain feels your pain and i get it and so like honestly just do your best that you could do every day and just take small steps toward your goals and just keep walking yeah, it's all we can do. Yeah. And sometimes if you just have to lay the fuck down, give yourself permission because you cannot keep pushing forward every single day without rest and food and pleasure and, and all those things and, and think that it'll work. I I have to give props to my friend Fatima because she has a salon in Uptown and it was right surround like she wasn't burned to the ground, but everything around her was burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. And she's on this this absolute mission as an activist to like help rebuild the Lynn Lake area. And she did a live last night that just made me cry because she's so right. Like we also talk about a lot of times like, oh, you got to find the balance. There must be balance. And her point was we're using that word wrong. 
because balance is not a constant state and we talk about it all the time like balance your emotional and balance your balance your personal and balance your business and balance the like it's an everyday struggle to just stay upright much less balance so every day is going to be different. Like today I'm balancing out the fact that I successfully got food in my face before noon <laughs> and yay me. And then tomorrow it's like I'm balancing that I was able to get these podcasts edited so that we're ready to go. Like every single day is a, is a struggle, but just like being happy. Oh, <laughs> happy is not a constant state of being. It is a peak moment. It is a peak experience. Just mm-hmm. like deep sadness is a peak experience, but we don't sit there and stay there. There's no constant state of happy. There's no constant state of sad. But in our lifestyle, we have created these extremes to be these ideals. And no wonder we're fucked up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And that's an important mental health note. It, if you feel like you are in a place that it is hopeless and endless and, and you're not going to ever feel any better, it's time to get help. It can't rain all the time. The sun will come out. It will not go on forever. But sometimes we need a handout, right? Just like pull me out of the pool so that I can stand on the ground with you for just a little while. I don't need to reach the stars, but I just need to not be in the bottom of the pit of despair. So we haven't done a mental health call out in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been going through this this state of extended social isolation for a long time. A lot of us are having a rough time. People who have dependency issues are, are struggling and it's just... Please, please just be as kind and patient with one another as you possibly can. I'm not saying condone bad behavior. I'm not saying program people to treat you like shit. But I am saying take a breath before you react. It's really difficult for everybody right now. Mm-hmm. And I think as we start going into this, we, we've released a little bit more people out into the wild. But we're still coming up on, in a couple of weeks, 120 days. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... That's a quarter of the year. It's a whole season if it had started at the beginning of a season. Right, you know. So how do we navigate this? One of the things that is very comforting to me as a human being corporeal is that I have relations with deity. I have relations with my elevated ancestors Mm -hmm. that are getting stronger. I have relations with um, my elementals that I work with, my archangels stuff, like there's others, right? There are others. So that's the topic of our show today is talking about, we, we've used the word others a lot through a lot of our podcasts. So we wanted to make sure there was a, a episode that kind of grounded our personal concept collectively about yeah. what the others is. This is our lexicon that she and I share. Mm-hmm. And so we want to sort of like share that with everybody else so that when we say these things, you're not completely sort of like, what the hell are they talking about? Are you talking about that crappy movie with yeah. with Noel, Nicole Kidman? Was, no. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. So that was the other reason for a mental health note at the beginning of this. Understand <laughs> that there are times when you are having experiences with others that are legitimately experiences with others. However, if you have a history of mental health challenges in your family, such as schizophrenia or personality disorders... Um, manic depressive bipolar stuff you need to disassociate what is that disassociative Disassociative disorder Disorder. it is important for you to learn discernment when you're dealing with these things generally it has been my experience and my experience only thankfully 
I have not had any experiences with others presenting themselves to me in a way that they are trying to tell me to do harm to myself or to anyone else. Correct. Should that occur, I will seek assistance from a mental health provider because I believe that I may need be in a place where I am vulnerable. Either I am having a mental health issue or I am vulnerable to spiritual attack. In any event, please get help if you encounter anything that's encouraging you to harm yourself or anyone else. Right. So that said, we will also be posting in our notes that, um, several resources for those kind of um, re- uh, help and at a, just at the end of a phone, end of a text message, um, so that they're useful. Also seeking counsel from any, if you have spiritual leaders mm-hmm. in your midst that, uh, or, or uh, teachers or what have you, like always reach out, always ask the question. Right. You want a trusted friend and an advisor, if somebody that you can talk to about anything and everything, including incidents that you're having with entities from the other side. Um, it's always good to have somebody to bounce that off of. It is always good to have somebody who's a little bit skeptical who can go, well, maybe that glass fell off of the counter because the train just went by. Right. <laughs> Which happens a lot in our house. Yeah. <laughs> so the others is just our blanket term for anybody or anything that is not in our corporeal reality. Right. We can't reach out and touch them. Can't sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. But we are aware of their presence. So that is other. So that is things and peeps like dimensionals. Mm-hmm. People that. What is dimensionals? Well, I interpret dimensionals as um, several things, um, beings that may be corporeal in another dimension, bleeding over into ours. I personally believe that we live in a multiverse. Uh, that has many, many dimensions and many, many timelines in a very kind of Dr. Whovian kind of timey-wimey mm-hmm. way. Um, I believe that time as a linear linear construct is an illusion, but it is one that we have created to best understand our environment, and we do not yet possess the knowledge to understand it. We're starting to. We're starting to in our science being able to look at quantum mechanics and quantum faith and quantum entanglement and all this quantum quantum stuff because we do know that things are affected by such dimensions interacting with us or you know and crossing over so dimensionals would be can be sometimes ghosts i think are dimensionals because they're our timelines are getting swiss cheesy right so there's lots of holes that people bleed into other people's realities shadow people I think can sometimes be interpreted as those crossing over of timelines where in their reality, we look like the shadow people in our reality, they look like the shadow people because they're kind of pushing through the membrane of the time that's the two timelines that are sitting right next to each other. Right. Or the two parallel dimensions, what, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case is, there's some, there's some crossing over that's happening. And sometimes there's a tear that happens in that fabric. And people come through, but then can't get back. Right. So travelers. Yep. So so you get some time travelery weirdness. Um, I believe though, I have personally had an encounter with a seraphim angelic being. Plus, I work with some angelic beings that I have very much have a relationship with and cultivated. So I believe that the angelic realm has an effect on us. Whether or not you want to believe the demonic realm, because it's just the same part of the spectrum. Um, that's a totally up to you and your faith walk. I myself have 
have don't have a lot of power there and energy there but I think it's a it's a thing having to do with your perception yep um, the differences between angels and demons have been sort of uh, really fictionalized yes um, and fetishized and so if you want to get into that and do some more research like go back and like take a look at you know the original source of the word demon which predates Christianity and get a look at what the energy of those entities means and it's not necessarily the big bad evil scary thing that we believe it is today mostly we believe um, not me because <laughs> um, I don't I don't believe in an ultimate evil so that makes things a little bit more cut and dry for me um, mm -hmm. either you have good intentions right now or you don't so yep. and everybody's capable of both other other things that I think might be dimensionals, I think that um, things that we call aliens might be dimensional travelers. I think things that we call fairies might be dimensionals. And at the same time, I also believe like the Fae myself in my work with Fae, I believe that they are a, very much a part of this planet. Um, because we have them appear in folklore throughout cultures of time and antiquity, I think they're... Uh, a very much along the lines of they were once present here mm -hmm. and have faded or have gone to the west as in the Tolkien way which is going to another dimension right you know I have been present in very virginal parts of Minnesota when I say virginal I mean that there's just not a lot of man-made it's very untouched it's very primal and in those places the fate can be felt by me incredibly intensely to the point where they're like this is not for you get out you know? and I say yes I've been chased by a Balrog it's not it's not fun she's got there there is a there is a fey enclave within walking distance of this house yep um, that I visit happily that she's a bit like I don't know <laughs> We're actually creating food on our property for the Fae because you have to understand the thing about Railroad Island is that we are a part, we're, we have a, this holler, this this uh, Swede hollow that runs all along. It's like a huge, like what they call in Missouri, it's a holler. It's a huge gash. A ravine. It's a ravine, if you will, <laughs> that is very teeming with life. And um, this, the re reason we're called Railroad Island is because we surrounded this part of the neighborhood with railroad when railroad was coming mm -hmm. in. And this was a huge place where when railroad started crossing the United States, this was a place where, where they offed a lot of product. And a lot of the immigrants that flooded here and lived here, in, and a lot of them lived in the holler with mm -hmm. no running water and no, I think they were squatters basically in this lush place for a very very long time they actually burnt it to you know talk about redlining but that's a whole other show um energetically but what they did when we believe here at Greyhaven, when they encircled this entire area neighborhood with iron mm -hmm. before those circles were completed if those elementals that obviously lived here because of the topography because not only do we have sweet hollow that runs along that entire length of our neighborhood when you cross the, the county road, you have the Bruce Vento Nature Reserve because the river comes through here. So mm -hmm. we're up in the bluffs. So like the, this area has been powerful for indigenous cultures here for millennia and where they, a lot of them, but they call it the mountains for a reason. 
So you have all of this like magical jo mojo here. And then we went and encircled it with iron. So any fae that did not get out have been trapped here and have only been able to feed on what has been present here because they can't leave or they chose to stay, whatever that may be. So we're very cognizant of that here at Greyhaven and we're creating food, but we're very specifically creating it in certain parts of the yard. Like, um, don't come in the house. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, here's some sweets and, and stuff, but please, please don't come in the house. Because that's uh, a healthy respect that we have for the Fae. So, and then we have gods and deities and goddesses that we've talked about already. So those are the things that we kind of think of as things that were non-human entities, like things that have never been in a people suit. Right. right. Nobody, no, no meat suit driving for these yeah. peeps. So then our human entities, generally we just say they're dead folks, mm -hmm. right? Um, but those dead folks may be dead folks that are related to you. So they may be your ancestors. Um, they may be dead folks that have just been tasked with hanging out and looking after your dumbass. Mm -hmm. um, or communicating with you, and those are your guides, right? And let's make a difference here between ancestors and elevated ancestors, because right. there's a difference. The difference is ancestors in lineage. They're people that are in your bloodlines that go back and back and back and back. Right, part of all of those miracles of breeding that enabled you to be standing here right now. Correct. But not all of them are people that you necessarily would opt to counsel with. Yeah, because not everybody was nice, and not everybody would be looking out for you. Not everybody's available. Right. And just because you're dead doesn't mean you've gained like all the knowledge and, and uh, right. secrets of the universe. And some of them just don't choose to come and hang out here. Right. So elevated ancestors are ancestors that you have, in my, in my practice, petitioned and asked, hey, would you be part of my, you know, council of, of being? Because your ancestors are always going to be your ancestors. Whether you raise them up to a level of working with you in a magical spiritual sense is a negotiation mm -hmm. and then an agreement and then a um, practice. Right. So I just, I ask them if they want to be, you know, partners in magic and mischief mm -hmm. and I give them the opportunity, you know, with specific things that I'm doing, whether or not they want to opt in. Cause I, I know that there's some things that they may not personally agree with or that there are some things that they don't want to give their energy to, or maybe they just feel like, you know, hanging out and doing something else. Um, but they're people that I have specifically asked and who have enthusiastically said, oh, hell yes. So those, those are the ones that I work with when I say I'm going to talk with my ancestors. I'm talking with my elevated ancestors. My, my ancestors, the ones that are unknown to me, like those, those ones back in the deep, dark recesses of time, I know that they stand behind me. But they do not necessarily interact with me in a very active way. Or if, if your elevated ancestors contain some of those energies that are nameless and unknown because they go back so far, they make it very clear to me whether or not they want to participate at the EO level or EA level. So yeah, that's that's sort of our breakdown on the others. Right. If you have others that you would like to tell us about, um, please go ahead and connect with us on Facebook or get us at our email address, which is spiritualfrequencyhosts at gmail.com. And I hissed for a reason, because there's an S on the end of hosts. Host. <laughs> so, like, hostess with the most, this with an S. Yeah. So, um, so now that we've established those parameters of what our descriptions of the others are, then there's the whole 
axis of how do you interface with these right. beings. And there are lots of different um, facets here too. So there's how do you communicate with them? How do you discern who you're communicating with? How do you practice and build skills for yourself and with them, right? And how do you protect yourself from communicating with things that you don't necessarily want to? <laughs> Been there. And so first, let's talk about how do you communicate with them? Um, I think that that is an individual choice. I think most people who begin with spirit communication, we start with some sort of a tool or a device, like maybe a pendulum or a spirit board, um, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, automatic writing. Automatic writing is a thing. Um, would I talk to my ancestors to ask who wanted to join the party? I use the pendulum. Um, I also use some automatic writing. It was a very simple formula. If you want to participate in this, scribble this page up, right? If you don't, say nothing. Um, but those are skills that I've honed over time. If you are just beginning, I think a pendulum is a good place to start. Um, it's something super easy. You can make one yourself from things that you probably have laying around your house. You don't have to go out and buy anything fancy unless you want to. Um, and so then there's not as much controversy around pendulum work as there is about spirit board work. And I was indoctrinated into the others at a very early age of 19 <laughs> on a spirit board. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot what not to do. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about um, this is not something to fuck around with. Um, I learned a lot about discernment. I learned a lot about, because there's another aspect that we also should talk about is who are you playing in these realms with in corporeal form, i.e. the people you surround yourself with to do this kind of work, you need to vet and discern them as well. Yeah, you need to make sure that your Scooby gang is solid. Yeah. This is not something I would advise anyone to casually engage with people you don't freaking know. Right, because if you don't know them, how do you have a candid and open discussion with them about the experiences that you're having. And not only that, I learned through my through the work of my stuff in the past is that I travel with a pack of others. Mm. So I have, you know, army. Ar <laughs> I have a bunch of peeps that that are working with me, watching over me, uh, travel with me, or whatnot. That we have an agreement. And so when I come, it's like when you go to a fun party and there's a hundred people there, every single one of those hundred people has a, has a pack of, of others with them. So that's a crowded party. Mm -hmm. You have the, you have the, in this experiences, meat suits, a hundred people at the party eating cheese dip and drinking beers and, and listening to music and dancing and having philo philosophical conversations in the corners and making out in another corner, like all the stuff in the activities that happen at the human level in the ether where I believe the others travel and, and exist they're, they're having just as much, you know, there's stuff going on there too. Yeah. There are negotiations being made. There are not everybody gets along. Some people are like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you in so long. Like they, like there's familiarity, there's relationship building, relationship building, relationship connections. Right. And the people that you traffic with, the most, I have no doubt that my others are acquainted with her others because we right. are around each other so much. Because when when I quote unquote bring a message through, 
Um, whether you're like into the new age woo woo shit, which can also be super damaging and scary sometimes, but that's you know, another whole show. That's a whole other show. Um, there's a lot of times where I'm blocked. I have blocked myself on a message that the universe is trying to get to me. They've tried through dreams. They've tried through like just pushing it in my head. They've tried to say, hey, here's a message. Here's a song on the radio. And I'm just like, nope, la, 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 not listening. It. I sit down with Tangi and she grabs, she leans forward. She always does this when she's wanting to tell me something really intensely. <laughs> she'll grab my hands. She'll lean forward and she'll look me right in the face and she'll say, Dana, dot, dot, dot. And she will deliver the message. And there are times because of our time spent together that I know that this is not just my beloved sister telling me a truth that I'm not seeing or not willing to see. There's a, a gravitas when I know it's coming from somewhere else. And that has a lot of times to do not that, that her peeps are talking to me. No, it's my peeps that are like, okay, we need to ricochet this message through mm -hmm. Tangie's peeps. So we're going to go petition Tangie's others and we're going to say, hey, would you do us this favor and deliver the special to Dana? Because the bitch just is not listening and we really need her to get this. <laughs> and she has her own free will and her sovereignty and all that stuff. But perhaps if we bounce it through Tangie's face with those big eyes of hers, Dana will hear the message. So would you be willing to do that negotiation, negotiation of like United Nations summit level mm -hmm. stuff? And then Tangie opens her pie hole and goes, look, bitch, I love you, but blah, 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 blah. You need to hear this. Also, your dad told me to make you these beans. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and my own discernment says, oh, like my whole being sits up and goes, okay, this is a message and I may not, might not like it, but that's the best way they could have chosen to get it to me because I heard it. Well, And I know I do that for other people too. Right. And because we trust each other, I, I think I can say at this point, like, implicitly like with my life trust you with my life that you have no ill intentions toward me that you would never willingly do me harm unless it was to spare me greater harm um i have no problem hearing those things coming from you sometimes they're harder for me to digest but that's my own shit right um Ditto. But, but being receptive to you giving me messages like a hundred percent like yeah absolutely but I believe that that whole transaction happens through a, a system of relationships that isn't just about you and I's meat suits interacting oh, yeah. with each other. That has to do with the greater picture. Now, call us crazy, which you totally have a right to do and whatever. Don't really give a fuck what people think. But um, we're that... the good kind of crazy. We're the fun kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like how I believe the universe can function... In my own very tiny, tiny, tiny fly shit on the fly shit of the window, I understand that's how the others can work well, yeah. if you are open to it. Sometimes for some people, their relationships with their others is incredibly intimate and private and never involves anybody else. And that's totally fine. You know? Well, because they give you what you need. Right. You know, what works for you. Um, our, our others, I think we have messengers that just run themselves right. right. Well, I know when I first worked on the spirit board, the, the biggest discernment skill set building I had was understanding and feeling when am I talking to someone who's just fucking with me? Because there's mm. a lot of peeps on the in the ether that are just bottom feeder, low energy vibration that just, oh, look, it's a door open. I can go fuck with this. Like that's where you have to learn how to not have shit follow you home. Well, and I think a lot of times when you, people are on the other side, 
they get bored, right? And I can, I can totally understand this now after several months of social distancing, how when you've been locked in the same place for who knows how long, having only the same interactions with the same energies for who knows how long, the minute a door appears, you run. Right? I got to get out of here. I got to see something new. Even if it's going into a, the neighbor's garden to be nosy, I got to see something new. And I think that's what happens with the others. Sometimes when we pick up the spirit board, understand it's like getting on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right? You're opening a portal for communication. And that means anybody or anything can interact with you. And some of those things that are interacting with you are up to mischief. Some of them are malicious, some of them are bored, some of them are mindless, <laughs> and, and some of them are genuine and want to have a connection with you. So you have to figure that out. You do, and a lot of times, unfortunately, the best way to figure that out is just practice. Yep. Um, and feeling that energy and understanding like when it is bullshit and when it's in earnest or when it's faint and understanding also when it is just you. Which is valid. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you need to give yourself a message. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, a lot of times people would go off on a, on a tangent now about like caution when using the spirit board and doing spirit communications. And I think that that is entirely up to you and the way that you interact with the world and what your faith walk is. But it has been my experience that if you go into this with a belief that you are going to encounter things that are nasty, you're going to encounter things that are nasty. Right. So make sure your frame of mind is positive and that you're open and you're looking for collaborative communication. And not in a Pollyanna positive, like you're only going to see the bright and shiny because that's not what you're going to get. Um, the reality for me of protection is that, you know, tie up your damn camel. You know, lock your damn car door so you're not surprised when someone breaks into your car or steals your car. You didn't lock your fucking doors. Um, it's There's common sense, which is never common, uh, it seems. But, like, don't don't be an idiot. Yeah, I, I have, like, a couple, just, like, a couple rules about this. If you're going to do spirit communication, do it on your turf. Yep. Don't go somewhere that is unknown to you where you have no business and you have no rights and no claim on it and go in and start doing spirit communication and expect the spirits to be cool with it. You don't have a reason to be there. They have no reason to respect your authority in that situation. So do this on your own turf. And you bring up a very important fact that is a very important part of magic too is understanding your authority and exercising it when working with anything from not from here well and understand there it's just like dealing with any other person although some of them are super powered um your free will extends only as far as you mm -hmm. you do not get to impose it upon someone else i mean you could try there are lots of people who are into commanding spirits and if that's your thing which the way you which go go for yep. it but for me personally it's about building relationships and I never want to be an oppressor. Mm -hmm. Not on any plane. Not consciously. Mm -mm. You know? So uh, the skill building of knowing when you're dealing with something 
whether it's something that's just because there's a ton there's a lot more experience I've had with energies that come by to deliver a message like speedy delivery I have a message from Ms. Walter. Blah, 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 blah. And then I'll go like, oh, but what's the thing? I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm I'm an Uber driver. I'm dropping you off and I'm like leaving. Thanks for I'm the, here with your telegraph. I'm here with your telegraph. And I, I, I'm supposed to deliver it and leave because I have other messages to deliver. So there's a lot of that going on in the ether. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Well, and that's why we did this show today is because we have noticed, even amongst our social circles, there have been... A significant uptick in the number of people contacting us because weird things are happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there is, we don't have a Hogwarts school. I mean, we could, but we don't. Uh. <laughs> we don't have a Hogwarts school to send us to from, you know, junior high to graduation and of, of our 12th year or college, you know? So we kind of have to stumble fuck around and figure this shit out for ourselves. Yeah, and if you know somebody who is, you know, an out-of-the-closet witch or woo-woo practitioner or or what have you, like, those are the people that you go to. Right. Which is why my phone won't stop ringing right now. <laughs> I'm very grateful that I have the mentors that I do because they're incredibly uh, no-nonsense um, beacons for me to go, okay, I need to check my shit when I, you know, because it's super easy I mean, imagine stumbling upon this stuff when you're, you know, 19, 20, like a lot of us have done. And we spent an enormous amount of years just making mistakes and like fucking around with shit that we shouldn't mess with. But that's how you learn. And you can't impose that wisdom on anybody. Everybody's got to walk their own path. So, you know, this is just us trying to like put the information out there in a conceptual construct Mm -hmm. based on our experience and you may only get one part of this and go, oh, that, I totally needed that. And the rest of it's just crap. And that's totally fine. I, you know, I've been consciously, actively trying to communicate with the other side since I was 17 years old. So that's been going on for 10 years now. Um, Oh, whatever. (laughs) 30, 30 (laughs) years now. So it's, it's 30 years of just not knowing what I'm doing and learning the hard way. And that's wisdom, by the way, I've decided. Yes. Is learning the hard way. Um, Intelligence is learning the easy way. (laughs) (laughs) And we are full of experience, full of wisdom, and my XP points are off the chart. Um, which is why I'm, I can say, like, to me, for me to be able to say after doing this for 30 years, like, I have not had any encounters with any malicious entities is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Because I have encounters with entities all the time, everywhere I go, 24-7. It doesn't matter where the hell I am. Sitting at the foot of the bed in my hotel room. How you doing? Um... But I think that has to do with my perspective and the energy that I put out there that I am very clear that my boundary is like, you can only approach me if your intention is collaborative. If you have malicious intention, no thank you. Because I have guards and guardians and guides who surround me who are like a filter for trolls and nonsense. I've had a couple get through to me and they were not pretty and they had a lot to do with like sexual energy, low vibrational uh, attachment. That was gross. Well, I guess the other was that one thing that kind of came through the portal at the house, but taken care of. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't (laughs) anything that I was feared for my life. Uh, I was really fucking pissed and annoyed. And I've taken on some shit. And once I figured out, because again, you're not going to take my sovereignty. Nope. 
that's just an ingrained thing in me. But here's the thing I, I know through working in Campathina, there's a bazillion people out there who do not even know what their sovereignty is. And so you really have to have, in my opinion, for protection, when we talk about protection, a really great sense of self yep, and self-preservation and situational awareness. And in just in life, before you start adding a complexity on to opening yourself up to non-corporeal experiences when you don't have a sense of self. Well, and to sit down and be very honest and sort of take an inventory of what you are willing to permit. What am I willing to permit in these relationships with the others? And what am I not willing to permit in these relationships with the others? Because it is imperative that you are aware of your boundaries and that you are willing to enforce them stridently. And understanding respect too. I mean, elevated ancestors or ancestors in general when you say that word it carries a gravitas of those that came before and they must know things better than us Mm. (laughs) not always if they haven't dealt with their own shit here's the thing about ancestors they have the ability just because they're crossed over into the land of the dead doesn't mean that they can't still grow and have go clean up their shit right case in point with this systemic racism stuff like we're being charged by our teachers to go back to our lineage to our ancestors and say, hey, this participation, you need to clean that shit up because I'm not carrying that load for the for all of us. So it starts with you and it starts with me. So you got some work to do, too. And, you know. Yeah. And be have some discernment about who you're you're asking to work with. Like if your Uncle Bob was, you know, a layabout dick smack is his living life. He probably still is on the other side. Right. So why would you ask that guy for help? Right. Unless you're asking for, like, how do I learn how to do nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Or if, you know, you, God forbid, had a a family member that crossed over who was, you know, physically or emotionally or sexually abusive to you. Like, obviously. Yeah, you don't have to traffic with them. You don't have to traffic with that person. Um, There's certainly a lot of people that have have worked with those energies after they've crossed over to do some healing work. And that's certainly like when you are in an environment that you feel supported and have the safety of doing that, that that's awesome. But you don't have to traffic with that person. Right? Or maybe you're in a situation where you don't know who your ancestors are. You don't know who your people were, where you came from. That's okay. Your people are still there. And when we say ancestors, it's not necessarily your bloodline. Um, it is people with whom you share an energetic, like a profound energetic connection with. You may have a profound energetic connection with Prince. Yep. Or your teacher from eighth grade who like exposed you to Shakespeare. Right. So, you know, because those people are important. They made an, an impact in your a life. really strong imprint on your, on your mm-hmm. energy. Um, so those people can be your ancestors. You can ask those people to work with you. Sometimes they will show up and you won't know why the fuck they're there, but they're insistent. <laughs> And they can also travel with you in the dream time. Like some that's sometimes that's an access point for, you know, those that are non-corporeal to come and plague you or benefit you and or they, drop a message. They may come and go just because somebody is, is hanging with you this year doesn't mean they're going to hang around after this year. Right. You could have some that are with you your whole lives. You could have some that are there for five minutes to give you a message. Yep. Bang, zoom, they're out. <laughs> the hardest part, I think, for humans doing this kind of work, once you decide to do it 
whether you're dabbling or you're serious about it or everything in between, is making stories up about what you think is happening. It's really easy to fill in those blanks. Yep. And there are a lot of blanks. It's, uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing the work. Like sometimes the messages are just fragments and sometimes we get a little creative. Yep. And that's where you have, that's where your discernment and your vetting comes in. Like sometimes it's just literally, you know. Like how do I know it's not just my imagination? Right. How do I know that it's legitimately a message from the other side? If you are someone like me who does not see dead people, you don't necessarily hear dead people, but you feel dead people, like you feel their energy. And with that energy comes a certain awareness and a, a knowing of things on, on a level. Like, how do you know that's not just your imagination? That's something that you have to learn over time. The first step is being open to it, not being your imagination. Cause that's a trap. That's an ego trap. That's your ego trying to be important, right? trying to over-intellectualize something, which gets in the way of the psychic experience in, in my expertise, mm-hmm. the too. little bit that I have. So the minute like your logical brain jumps in, you're overthinking it and you're disconnected. So whatever's coming through at that point is you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it ne- you need to be in, a, in a, like a creative state where you're not using that logical side of your brain to problem solve let it go solve some problems, (laughs) let it run in the background. Um, But generally, as I said at the beginning, when those voices come through or those knowings come through, typically they are not harmful. They're not malicious. Sometimes for me, they are absolutely just dispassionate. There's no emotion behind it. Like, that's just the facts, ma'am. And sometimes it's just garbage. It's just like literally when you see garbage in the street or plastic bags floating around the flotsam jetsam of bits of information and um, discarded bits or unattended bits of things that that happens in the ether as well so it's also about knowing what is the the core of what I'm trying to distill because all you're doing is taking in data and distilling it through your own experience to come to the this is what it is so this is the practice and skill building portion of our mm-hmm. talk today, right? Um, so this is, the, this is the first thing that I would say adamantly. If you are new to this and you are still trying to figure this out, it is important that you get involved in some kind of like a psychic development circle with other people who are also learning. The reason for this, there's lots of reasons, but for me, the number one reason is that I want to have other people around who are having similar experiences so that I know I haven't gone bad shit crazy. Truth. I want to have other people around who are having similar experiences who are sharing it from their perspective using their words and their language and their ideas because it might help me understand something that's been going on with me because my brain hasn't been thinking of it that way. And another thing to do, I think that's imperative as a magical person whatever way you approach the magical path and the spiritual path is you are going to be best served by engaging yourself in anything that brings your creative process mm-hmm. into play. Whether it be music or dancing or painting or drawing or spoken word or something where there's a process where you are making, you're taking a concept an idea and you're 
fleshing it out through a process so that it is being made physical. It is being made, it, 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 so it's like you're taking information from the ether that's being brought to you by the muse, so to speak. Let's just put it in that construct. And then you are manifesting it in this experience of reality. So when you pick up a paintbrush and you put paint on it and you imagine thing and you paint the thing, or you allow whatever's coming through you to come to the page, that is taking thought and feeling and putting it into form. That is what magic really is. That mm -hmm. is what our relationship to spirit is, is to be able to concretize the learning that we're learning from the spiritual path into our everyday life concretizing the magical practice of all the pieces parts into a recipe that we then make into the cake that we get to eat or the song that we are singing those kind of experiences are absolutely i think vital in walking these paths imagination is a big part of magic it is a big part of spirit communication that is not to say that you are imagining the magic or that you are imagining the communication. You are imagining that it is possible. Correct. Um, again, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Just my experience. Because <laughs> um, I, I know fuck all about quantum physics and magical theory and blah, blah, blah. I just know what well, works Well, and that's not to say there's not a bunch of people out there who are agnostic or atheists that are wonderful painters and creators and things like that. It's not that there's they're mutually, you know... Like you have to have one to have the other, so to speak. I'm just saying like, if you want to do your skill building, maybe a little faster, mm -hmm. understanding that the, and, and it could be like, instead of doing creative things, do different creative things. Like a lot of people give accountants a hard time for not being creative, but it is being really creative with numbers. It's like having just gone through all this tax crap. That's like a whole nother language. Also, learning other languages that are not your own language is another way to exercise that same um, muscle of how you're taking something that you don't understand as a language and you're incorporating your being in your mouth mm -hmm. and your understanding of how to, because sentence structure is different. Anything that takes you out of your everyday and puts you in a different process than you're used to is going to be helpful. It could be learning a martial art or, or learning how to roller skate or, you know, uh, picking up a weapon or skeet shooting or anything that's physical that you have to do a skill set based thing where you're going to take small steps toward a larger goal. Each time you lift weights, you get better and better. You can add more weight. You can do more things. Every time you run, you can run a little farther. Each time you practice it, each time you skate, you can skate a little longer because your muscles are getting stronger. All of those things are about skill building. And when we're doing those, anything that is similar to it, our body says adaptability wise and says, oh, oh, we're doing that. Oh, well, I can apply this over here. Well, and here's the thing. That's another way to get your logical brain busy, right? Mm -hmm. So if you, for instance, are learning new choreography because you've decided you're going to take up hip hop dancing. Mm hmm. I can guarantee you while you're learning that new choreography, your logical brain is busy trying to remember what comes next. Did I do that thing right? Did my body feel right when I did that thing? So your logical brain is engaged in something else so that your intuitive brain is free to receive and process information. Now, it may not come to you in the middle of your new hip-hop dance routine. It may come to you when you lay down in bed at night and suddenly you just have all these thoughts in your head that are alien to you. They are not things that you would normally think about. Guess what? 
That's not you. I've had some of this happen with my students in Cavathena, which is very interesting to me and in how we learn and how we compartmentalize a lot as humans and we cut ourselves off from access of learning better. And this also comes through, you know, my recent dabble with neuro-linguistic programming and how language drives the nervous system. And we have, for example, uh, for those people that have had any kind of an injury that has then caused there to be a problem in you doing something that you used to physically be able to do and you can't do it anymore. Um, in your brain, you have this blockage that says, well, I broke my leg and so therefore I can't do this thing that I used to do as easy. But yet I can do this thing over here. Like you can turn on some music and dance and thrash to your favorite metal band with no problem. Mm -hmm. Your leg doesn't give you a problem. But when you're learning a new skill over here that requires your leg to do a specific thing that you don't feel that it can do, your brain is holding on to, we injured this, it, we have to protect it. It's like, but when we're thrashing to our metal music because we love it, we release the worry about our leg. But when we're trying to learn sword fighting over here, we stiffen up and we're like, oh, I can't do it because I have this other thing. But we've compartmentalized. So if you can connect your, your sword experience path to when you're thrashing with heavy metal, put some fucking music on when you're learning your sword work. Put some metal on because then your brain attaches to the, oh, we love this music. And suddenly your body gets looser and suddenly your leg is not a problem anymore because you've just now connected in your... In your neural pathways that I don't have as much of a limitation as I think I do because I did it over here. Oh, and suddenly that problem has an opportunity to resolve. Same thing with magic, same thing with communicating with, with others you know, in anything. When I used to run, which is crazy to think about now because nothing was chasing me. <laughs> right. When I used to run, what my coach said to me was that your mind will give up before your body does. And I had to really sit with that. How can that be true? My mind will give up before my body does. My body gets tired. My body gives up. And she said, no, no, no. You don't stop when your body is tired. You stop when you think you're tired. When your mind says, I don't want to do it anymore. It's not that you're tired. It's that you don't want to go on. Your mind is tired of it. Your body's not. So it's possible then to keep your logical brain so wrapped up in a task that it gets too exhausted to interfere with what you're doing on the creative side of your brain. So maybe you should sit down and do your taxes before you paint. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can tell you as a person who just did a whole bunch of tax back taxes, it like I wanted to like take a poop for days because I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, it doesn't change the fact that I owe money or that whatever, like, but it's done and it's completed and now it's just, walking out the little details, you know, but the, the insurmountable, I can't do this because ah, la, la, and wrap up. It was ridiculous. And we do this stuff to us all the time. I can't be in a relationship that's healthy. I can't be, uh, you know, I can't lose weight. I don't know I, how to I adult. Don't, I don't know how to adult. <laughs> <laughs> all these things and above. I, you know, I'm not capable of, uh, taking care of, minor details like all of these things have everything has to do with also like how do you then utilize if you want to choose to have additional help how do you how do you overcome these things with the assistance of the others if you petition them 
just like you do anything else to help you. Right. You know, and the way to talk to them in the space to talk to them is in the space of possibility and imagination as opposed to the space of logic and um, what's, you know, quote unquote, understandable. Yeah. And what are you worried about that you're going to look silly or that you're going to embarrass yourself in front of your ancestors? They've seen your most embarrassing moments and they're still showing up. <laughs> yeah. They're still showing up. They still want to help you. Maybe that's why they want to help you. I'll tell you, when I first started working on Spirit Board, I had, a, I had very many moments of thinking, are they all watching me? Like, I'm in the shower or I'm, you know, rubbing one out or whatever the frick the story is that I was going through at the moment. And I'm like, you know, and really, honestly, they have better things to do. They do. And if they don't, <laughs> then what you have is boundaries. Right. And what you have is maybe energies you don't want to be working yep. with. So if the boundary is, hey, uh, don't hang out in here while I'm taking a shower. I've told you once, if I have to tell you again, you are banished. Yeah. Don't come at me in the dream time pretending to be some whatever lover so you want to get your nuts rocked off in your, in non-corporeal form. Fuck off. That's that's rapey and no. Banished. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a, a thing, like we can we can talk about that on an individual level. If you need assistance with that, please hit us up. You've right. got our contact information. Um, but mostly what we're talking about is just knowing the behavior that you're willing to accept, being willing to accept that impossible things are in fact possible. It is okay to feel a little silly or a little stupid talking to quote unquote no one um, because somebody is listening, even if it's just your subconscious hearing those words come out of your mouth so it can start working on the problem for you. There is nothing lost by you reaching out and opening your mouth and saying what you want and need, even if you're the only one bodily in that room. And also that does not give you carte blanche bad behavior theater to then also exploit and are overuse this access for you to use it as an avoidance tactic to not make your own decisions about what you need to do. You know? Yeah, and it's not a vending machine. No. Um, if and you're going to give, if you're going to take, you got to give. And if it is a vending machine, it is a vending machine that takes very strange coin. Um, understand that if you are going to set up a practice of working with ancestors, it means that you need to be consistent about communicating with them, consistent about making offerings to them, which is just to feed them energetically. And then there are offerings that you make to them as thanks for moving mountains to bring things to you that you've asked for. If you would go to your great auntie Ethel and ask her for $2,000 to help pay off a debt in real life, and then if she did that, you would want to somehow say thank you for that. Maybe you take her out to dinner. That's what you do when she's on the other side. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Don't be that person. They need gratitude. The energy of gratitude is very high vibrational. And it's currency. And it's currency. It sustains And it's them. also current, <laughs> as in electrical current. So just understand, like, when you, are, when you are working with the other side, that they need to be compensated for their time, just like you would expect to be. Mm -hmm. And so that compensation is weird. Maybe the compensation is they like some incense burned. Maybe the compensation is they like for you to wear your Rolling Stones t-shirt and listen to the B-side of an entire Rolling Stones album that they really enjoyed that you don't really care for. Um, whatever it is, pay them. Give them gratitude. Give them thanks. Give them acknowledgement. Um, if you do not feed them, if you do not recognize them, 
they're not likely to keep hanging around. And guess what fills in the void? Lower vibrational crap. Yeah, stuff that's going to mess you up. Mm -hmm. That will masquerade as your helpers. And if you haven't yet developed discernment, it might take you a while to figure it out. Hell, it still takes me a while to figure it out sometimes. Well, and it's like I've, I think I've mentioned in the past with working with my angelic energy that I've worked with, like I have an intimate feeling and skill set having worked with this being for a long time that what, there are times that things try to pretend to be that energy. And in my dream time, I have things that I have set up and boundaries that I have, warnings, alarm systems that say, mm, this is something masquerading as that. And I've, I got to a skill set before I, I stopped working on the board entirely because it was too slow mm-hmm. for the communication and I moved into automatic writing and then I just moved into like being open to hear it with the knowing. Um, is that you, just like what's familiar about a lover, their smell, their the weight of their hand in yours, the pressure of their their thigh when you're sitting next to them, like there's all these intimacies and in relationships that you know your friend how your friend laughs, um, when you know that they're covering up their feelings because they're trying to put on a brave face, you know all these little nonverbal and verbal things that we do with relationships that we know when our mother's worried or our dad is stressed about something or our child is is not talking about their feelings. The same thing goes for these relationships, but they're just different. Well, here's an easy one. This is this is the easy bridge to that. If you have a pet. Exactly. How many times have you interpreted your pet's behavior? How often does it happen that you feel like you understand the things that your pet is saying without saying anything? It's the same kind of energy mm-hmm. um, for me anyway. Like I talk from my dog all the time. We joke that I speak fluent Jack because I do. Um, and it's just because I understand. I can tell you now, having had Jack in our home for over a year, I know when Jack is at the top of the stairs and I'm downstairs watching TV, I know when Jack is at the top of the stairs when he's thinking about coming down to look for me. I can feel his energy preceding his body down the stairs. That's being able to read his subtle energy body, his intention. I can read his intention. That's how it is with me with the others. I can feel their intention. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have them come up to me and have conversations with me. I certainly very rarely see them, but I feel the intention. I feel the energetic content of what they're trying to communicate. And that requires for me to sit down and shut up. <laughs> and because the others talk to me through music a lot. Mm. And like, I, we just went back to the magical building that is our... The office. The office. Because uh, it was open and I, I literally posted a picture of my hand on a wall with the corner of a picture that has part of the frame smashed off. And I just said, I have missed this wall so much. And a whole bunch of people in my life knew exactly where <laughs> I was. The office! Which is hilarious. Um, but even having been away for three months, um, the moment I sat down, the Muzak started talking to me. And to the point where now anyone that's with me because they're attuned to my relationship with this building, <laughs> it's not because it has great food, per se. I mean, the pancakes are good. You know, well, they burnt my pancakes. I was pissed. I'm like, Ugh. three fucking months and burnt my, burnt pancakes. my pancakes. Are you serious? Um, 
but it's that the building had a response to me and instantly the conduit that has been established for almost 25 years started working right away and saying, oh my gosh, and shoving mm -hmm. all this information and messages. And what's creepy about this particular conduit in a fun way is that it has instantaneous response to what we're talking about oh, yeah. in the moment. You've experienced that. Oh yeah, lots. We're all <laughs> we're like, oh. <laughs> and it responds to us like, like Bumblebee in Transformers, <laughs> you know, through the radio thing. And it's just hilarious. But it's like, that is built on a 25-year relationship to that particular conduit to know unequivocally that even when I'm not paying attention, it's talking to me. That little tributary of the current is very strong mm -hmm. in your life. That is your particularly strong little, it's almost like an eddy. It's just like a little mm -hmm. vortex. And anyone that comes into it with me that then uh, becomes aware of it, then they can't unring that bell Oh no! to like know that when we're in the, like I actually pet the wall or I'll smack the wall when it's being sassy. Yeah. I'm like, we quit that. Stop that sassy. Stop that sassy, you know? And sometimes when things are really, really emotional at the thing on the other side of the wall in the kitchen, all of a sudden, dum -dum 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 -dum, <laughs> and we'll ask sister, was like something happened in the kitchen? Oh yeah, so-and-so dropped or whatever. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so like if you if you want to be fully versed in those experiences, it's certainly possible for you, but it does take a lot of skill set. You have to be working it like you work any relationship. Well, and you have to be willing to set aside some time again. I know that we probably say this every other episode. You need sacred time. Mm -hmm. um, and whatever that looks like to you. I'm not going to prescribe it to you. You know what ails you. You know yourself best. Some people's sacred time is sitting somewhere and being quiet. Some people's sacred time is going out for a run. Some people's sacred time is going out to tend their animals. You need sacred time so that you can be connected with the network so that you can even begin to receive those messages. And the other thing is, quite frankly, it might do you good if you're just starting to say, Okay, I'm ready and willing to accept some messages from helpful entities now. What have you got? And your learning curve in the beginning is going to include <laughs> lower energy stuff for you to practice on. And it's going to be like when you're going through your email, like junk mail, junk mail. Oh, here's a message. Oh, do I want to look at that? I'll look at that later. I'll save it. Oh, this one, junk mail. But, you know, advertisement, advertisement, advertisement. Oh, look, it's a letter from so-and-so. It's the same thing. It's the same process. You're going to have to go through that. There's no, like, skipping go and collecting your $200 and getting your sky seat box. That, that, that's not how it works. You have to do the grunt work. Well, I know that our time is coming to an end here nearly. So mm -hmm. I did want to talk to you guys about... If this is something that you are interested in, I have found a very good book, which I recommend highly. I am on my third read through now. Um, it is called Mediumship Mastery, The Ultimate Guide, and it is written by Stephen A. Herman, one R, two N's. Um, Mr. Herman is, I'm not sure if he still is, but was at one point a resident of Lilydale, New York. Um, interesting place, worthy of you doing some research. Um, it is a town that is filled with psychics and intuitives, uh, lots of workshops, obviously places to go and get readings and visit for a few days. Um, just a really great resource in general. Um, this book is 
really sort of like a how-to guide. There are lots of exercises in it for helping to build your skill set. He also um, highly endorses the practice of having a group of people that you practice with routinely so that you guys have a shared lexicon, so that you can reinforce one another's findings, so that your others can learn to get along with their others and develop, develop a message system so that you can help clear things up. Because when you're first starting out, sometimes it's really weird fragmented stuff. You dismiss a lot of it. Um, it. Sometimes something happens to me where I'm just like, suddenly I'm I'm obsessed with the color magenta this week and I don't know why. And I'll sit down and I'll talk to somebody else that I'm practicing with and they'll giggle and say, that's funny because it's the only color I've been painting in this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that was just me connected to you. Mm -hmm. So now it makes sense. So um, I would say if you can get your hands on this book, I think I got it on Amazon a few, I don't know, a few months ago. This may be my second copy, honestly. Um, totally worth the read. It's a quick one, and it's one that you can share with your group that you're studying with if you have one of those. And I think the subtitle of the book is very important, too. It's called The Mechanics of Receiving Spirit Communications. And mechanics is a really great word mm -hmm. because it's about construct. It's about, you know, your, your, you know, you're in the matrix. Well, and it's and your toolkit. It's your toolkit. And you're, you know, it's like Neo and, and Morpheus going into the white room and just kind of waiting for the upload of whatever's going to happen and wherever they're going in the next, you know, experience. It's not unlike that. Um, additionally, um, the Theosophical Society is available online. If you look them up, Theosophical Society, they've got a Facebook page. Um, they do lots of free video seminars and content. Um, they're pretty much um, the Spiritualist Society. So people who have spent their lives dedicated to um, spirit communication, lots of experts, lots of speakers, lots of free content. Yeah, another one is the Edgar Casey Foundation too. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so we'll put those in our notes, links. But the Edgar Casey Foundation has lots of free stuff and lots of cool things to work with too. And again, that has a lot to do with spirit communication and mediumship and uh, medical intuitism and and things like that. So there's a there's a huge box of stuff out there to partake in, and you know we're just asking people to be open to the possibility and if it zings in your bones great if it's like ah it's a bunch of crap great that's fine like, too. it's totally fine too but if you've been sitting at home for the past 120 days and have noticed that maybe you're not alone <laughs> um <laughs> these might be some things worth checking out it might be worth it to have a conversation so that you can be a better living roommate to your unliving roommates correct or prepare for an onslaught of people that i think we're gonna there's a lot of dead away uh, like walking like there's a lot of our beloveds that have crossed over we're in a weird we're space. in a weird space and we're in a very liminal space right now and so um i don't know what that exactly means why we're having this kind of stockpiling of beings and energies and whatnot but clearly with the things we've seen in the last 120 days things are changing yep. and so it doesn't surprise me just like I did the party analogy where there's a hundred of us at this party and all of our peeps are with us. It's, it's a great time of great shift and change, not just for us in this reality, but for all the realities. Right. So imagine you're Bill and Ted, except you're smarter than Bill and Ted. 
which I'm so excited for the third movie to come <laughs> out. I'm just saying. But you're Bill and Ted, and you're a little bit smarter than Bill and Ted, and you have the ability to travel through time and dimension. Don't you go to the places where things happened, to those moments of change, mm-hmm. to those seminal moments where something magnificent was born, or to a moment where things went disastrously wrong so that you understand what happens? It's no wonder that we have a lot of visitors popping in now. They're checking on the situation. Well, and also, the you know, when you check the UFO and the ufology people, there's a lot of activity going on right now as well. So, like, there's something coming and about to happen. Don't know what it is. Um, but I'm certainly here for it because I, I manifested myself here through this lineage at this time. You know, we live in certain, what is the, what is the phrase? May you live in interesting times. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's well, definitely, definitely there. Yeah, it's interesting. So again, you can reach us at spiritualfrequencyhosts at gmail.com. You can also go to our Facebook site. And we have a group there as well as a page. And just look up The Spiritual Frequency with a capital T-H-E. As well as you can reach us on thespiritualfrequency.com and take a look at all of our backlogged episodes. Um, we did take our month off to uh, honor and be quiet and uh, listen and do some education and and so um, we appreciate you hanging with us during that time and also some quarantine action for us. Yep. And so we look forward to, you know, continuing to bring you more yummy things to talk about. Yeah, you guys, it's, it's certainly been a journey and I can't wait to continue. And until the next time, we connect with you on The Spiritual Frequency.